1: Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories, the podcast for the LGBTQI Storytelling Night I host and program around the country. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. Please check out the back catalogue of stories. There's some really, really wonderful work there. And please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so you can stay up to date. Nina Oyama is a stand-up comic, writer, actress and worm girl who needs you and loves you and will hold you in her arms upon request. She has performed all around Australia and has written for radio, stage and TV. She was also a writer on Tonightly with Tom Ballard, appeared as Courtney on Utopia on the ABC and is a writer-director of comedy web series The Angus Project, which was part of ABC's Fresh Blood 2017 initiative.
0: Oh, hey! How's it going? So, I don't know if you can tell just by looking at me, but I'm not, like, 100% white... Like the way I explain it is um, my dad's Japanese, so he flew here, he blew here, and then I grew here. (laughs) But uh, I'm not like super Asian looking either. Yeah, and like a lot of people they say, oh like I don't even think of you as Asian. um, Which I think they think is a compliment. (laughs) But it actually is not because Asian people are really cool. (laughs) Like, if you don't believe me, just ask your weird friend who's obsessed with Japan. (laughs) (laughs) I can't speak Japanese very well, even though the majority of my family lives over there. Um, But I can speak it just well enough to convince white people that I'm fluent. (laughs) Which is what really matters. (laughs) I'm, like, Asian-looking enough that... I get catcalled by straight white guys um, who usually yell like ni hao and "kanichiwa" at me in the street at night, Um, which is funny because they think the reason I don't respond to them is because I don't understand them, but actually it's because I hate them (laughs) and I'm scared. (laughs) Also, on more than one occasion, white men have asked if I have a yellow pussy. (laughs) Yeah. Which, to be honest, like, I couldn't tell you. (laughs) um, Because I'm not flexible enough to see it myself. (laughs) But, like, if I was, I would would absolutely spend all day just, like, eating myself out. (laughs) And I wouldn't be at this party talking to
1: fuckheads.
0: (laughs) Anyway, this is all to say, for the longest time, I wanted to be, like, full white. Right? Um, And this it's getting serious now. So this dysphoria was exacerbated by the fact that I went to an Asian school, sorry, um, a selective public school. It's true, I'm a cliche. A selective public school called North Sydney Girls. Are there any North Sydney girls here? Can I get a round of applause? Oh, oh, okay. Okay, so you all sighed in, like, recognition. (laughs) But yet none of you had the guts to clap. That is very NSG of you. (laughs) Long live us. Um, Anyway, so North City Girls, it was very Asian, and it stuck out like a sore thumb amongst the largely Caucasian private schools in Sydney's affluent North Shore. And uh, North City Girls was, like, so Asian that the Daily Telegraph used to use our school to convince white people in the area that the Chinese were invading. (laughs) Yeah, but like at the time I didn't realise, so I was like really proud. I was like, oh, my school's so multicultural. We're on the front page of the Daily Telegraph, like every week. (laughs) Later I was like, oh, that is dog whistling racism. (laughs) That is bad. (laughs) Yeah, next to my school was the brother school, like called North Sydney Boys. And we both had the same reputation for being super nerdy and uncool and ugly and Asian. (laughs) Um, I actually have one memory of Year 7 um, of being mocked on the bus by these, like, huge football players from Maris Brothers. And they were imitating Asian accents that none of my group had because we were all born in Australia. Um, and unsure of what to do, like, we just completely ignored them despite the fact they were, like, yelling right into our ears. Um, that was until my friend Christine, who was, like, a very tiny Korean girl, just kind of, like, turned around to the boys and she was like, oi you boys want to get knifed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after that, they just like sat back in their seats. <laughs> they didn't touch us. And the best bit was when we, when we got off the bus, they were like, hey, where's your knife? <laughs> and they were at the back of the bus, which I don't know if you know, but that's like a clear window. And they were all like sticking their fingers, like rude fingers up at us. But my favourite image is like underneath that window was an ad for Maris Brothers. <laughs> where they're all in their perfect blue blazers and their like white shiny teeth. It was like that meme, like, expectation versus reality. Like, so good. Um, Also another fun fact, Christine did have a knife. (laughs) Yeah, she did. Um, She used it to sharpen her eyeliner pencil. (laughs) It's quite, it's quite an Asian thing to do. (laughs) That's how I sharpen my pencils too, still to this day. Anyway, so these kind of anti-Asian microaggressions happened a lot. And uh, as a result, my school group really tried to break the mold of like the nerdy Asians. Um, I don't know if you remember, but there's like a moment in Summer Heights High where Jemay says to this Asian girl, it's something like this. She says, you're not like a normal Asian. You're like a hot Asian. and in short, like that's what we wanted to be. Like we didn't want to be normal Asians. We wanted to be hot Asians. Um, side note, like in to, in the like mid two thousands, that was like the only Asian representation we had on TV. Um, that Asian girl, apart from the time Chris Lilley did yellow face and played an actor called Ricky Wong. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, and now you have me. <laughs> Anyways, um, so we went to like every Lavender Bay Blue Light Disco, which, (laughs) yeah, it's good, I'm glad people recognise this. Um, It was basically a school hall that you went to to make out with other 13-year-olds in the dark before like a chaperone would spot you and then they would just like pull you away from each other, like two horny bits of human Velcro. (laughs) Anyway, at Lavender Bay, um, it was kind of like a networking exercise for us. So we made friends with private school kids from the North Shore on MySpace. (laughs) Yeah, because we thought that this could help us gain entry to like more and more cool North Shore parties as we got older. Because we wanted to be just like them. There was one girl in particular who represented everything that I wanted to be. Um, I went to primary school with her and between like year six and year eight, she had like just glowed up exponentially. Like she had gone from like awkward, scraggly, like nerdy redhead to basically like Pamela Anderson on Baywatch. (laughs) Yeah, or like in modern day terms, um, she had gone from 14 year old Kylie Jenner to 16 year old Kylie Jenner. (laughs) Yeah, her name was Ashley. Um, and she also changed the spelling of her name to be the same way as Ashley Simpson, <laughs> which is with two E's at the end instead of the e-i-g-h, right? Because if you're, like, that hot, you don't have time for extra vows. <laughs> but uh, by year nine, Ashley had become infamous around the North Shore as, like, a hot, edgy girl that everyone wanted to be friends with. And people kept tabs on Ashley by visiting her MySpace and also her Formspring. spring. So for, you, for anyone that doesn't know what Formspring is, um, formspring.me was a website in the mid-2000s where people could answer anonymous questions from the public. It doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Through Ashley's Formspring, people learned that she had dropped out of a prestigious Catholic school called Monte St Angelo and moved to a co-ed public school in a wealthy area so she could be with her boyfriend. Kalara, High. <laughs> Her boyfriend, oh, and she'd also had sex with her boyfriend by this point, which just made her really cool in my eyes. She also smoked weed with her mum. And um, she didn't have plastic surgery, but she attributed her good skin and massive boobs to going on the pill. Um, I actually asked my mom if I could go on the pill, and my mom just, like, laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed and then said no. <laughs> That was yesterday. (laughs) But a lot of people used Formspring to call Ashley a slut. Um, Sometimes people would forget to check the anonymous box and they would call her a slut from their personal account. And then they would be flooded with hateful messages from Ashley's friends about how Ashley was not a slut and actually you can't be a slut if you have a boyfriend. (laughs) It was the rules. (laughs) Um, through From Spring, we also learned that Ashley, by now, had dropped out of school and was now a receptionist at the HSBC building in the city. However, despite not going to any school, she still managed to attend every single school formal on the North Shore. <laughs> Except for North Sydney girls and boys. <laughs> um, by year 10, North Sydney clout was kind of on the up and up. Some people from North Sydney girls had started dating people that went to normal schools and a North Sydney boy had started a side business selling weed brownies to the posh boys at Riverview. (laughs) So like, instead of assuming our school was entirely comprised of like Asian mass freaks, it was like people were starting to come around to the idea that we might be cool Asian mass freaks. (laughs) In year 10, Ashley also scheduled a party at her house. It was gonna be the biggest party of the year. Quickly, word of mouth spread, and she changed the location of the party to a place that would be revealed the day of. Yeah, so many people were going that she decided to charge $10 entry (laughs) to cover the DJ and the venue hire. Yeah, it was kind of like you had to get your name on the list. It was like the Met Gala of the North Shore. (laughs) Like, there was no dress code, but retrospectively, it was like Supre mean slut in French. (laughs) Anyway, on the party night, we showed up at 9pm to what was basically a community hall. Um, But inside the community hall was a full-on rave cave. It was like Lavender Bay Blue Light Disco, but the only chaperone was Ashley's mum, and she didn't care if you were making out. (laughs) About half an hour into being there, the police were called. Apparently the music was too loud or there was a fight or drugs were being sold. Like no one really knew what was going on, but almost straight after we got there, we were running from the cops. (laughs) The next week at school, Ashley's party was the only thing people could talk about. They were like, did you go? Did you hear there were drugs? Were you there when people got arrested? And then footage of a 16 year old boy getting pepper sprayed by the police was uploaded to Ashley's Facebook. Most comments on this video were people extending their sympathies to this guy. But then someone from North Sydney Boys commented, Ruffle Mayo, it was the mid 2000s. <laughs> he commented, Ruffle Mayo, what a fucking pussy. And that is when all hell broke loose. Go eat flyed lice, you stupid gooks. Fuck off back to Chinkland. Shut the fuck up, you, slu- you slanty, sorry. Shut the fuck up, you ugly slant eyed nips. These kinds of comments just came streaming in, written by a ton of white North Shore kids. It was like the thin dam that had previously prevented these people from being outwardly racist had just broken. The charge was all led by Ashley, because the boy who got pepper sprayed was her friend. As North Sydney girls and boys, we were all pretty shocked. It was like as if all our efforts to assimilate all the dating white people and the selling them pot brownies (laughs) had all been for nothing. (laughs) It wasn't enough to be a hot Asian, because at the end of the day, you were still Asian and therefore different. Eventually, a North Sydney girl called Lisa stepped in to get involved. She screenshotted all of Ashley's racist comments, sent them to Ashley's employer, and got her fired from the reception job in the HBC (laughs) building. We found this out from a Facebook update. (laughs) that said, Ashley no longer works at HSBC building. (laughs) Ashley wrote a bunch of statuses saying that Lisa was an ugly bitch who had nothing better to do than ruin lives in her spare time. And I don't know if she did, but I like to think Ashley learned a lesson from this. Because although she never apologised, just before Fomspring got shut down, someone left a question on Ashley's profile saying, do you really think Lisa is an ugly bitch? And Ashley wrote, nah, I've looked at her profile. She's actually pretty hot. (laughs) After this, we stopped trying to fit in with the North Shore private school kids. And we got hit with some kind of like cultural inertia. I went to Japan to visit my family. Our group got really into Korean pop music. And my friend Carrie started a Naruto fan blog. (laughs) Though our internalized racism wasn't instantly fixed, we definitely got back on the right track to accepting our Asianness instead of hating ourselves for the way it made us othered by white society. And I still think about Ashley. Like, I don't know what's happened to her since, but I checked her Facebook recently and it looks like she's a real estate that lives in the North Shore, in Linfield. <laughs> and here's the kicker. 10 years later, the Asian population in Linfield? It's gotten pretty big.
1: <laughs> Thanks for listening. For event updates or those excellent social pages pics from the various events, follow Queer Stories on Facebook. And for late-night ramblings, follow me, Maeve Marsden, on Twitter and Instagram.